Aloha and welcome to another episode of Lemurian Girl's Conscious Living Podcast with your host, Lemurian Girl. This podcast brings you teachings about spiritual law, including the law of attraction, as well as the new renaissance of authenticity from masters, mystics, and sages, past and present. Take these words to heart and learn to create the ultimate now for yourself and the planet. For more information on this episode and others, visit us online at www.lemuriangirl.com backslash radio. On today's show, I will read Chapter 3, The Power of the Word, out of Florence Scovel Shin's book, The Game of Life and How to Play It. Listen in so you can learn how you both curse and bless yourself, all with the words you speak. But before I begin, I'd like to give a shout out to Mike Love for the awesome intro and outro clips of music used in this podcast. The clips were taken from a song called Permanent Vacation on Mike Love's latest album, The Change I'm Seeking. If you love good music, and who doesn't, don't miss this one. Check him out on iTunes or on his website at www.mikelove.com music.com the law of non-resistance and the quote at the beginning of the chapter says resist not evil be not overcome of evil but overcome evil with good a person knowing the power of the word becomes very careful of his conversation or her conversation she has only to watch the reaction of her words to know that they do not return void through her spoken word She is continually making laws for herself, and the same can be said for men. He has only to watch the reaction of his words to know that they do not return void. Through his spoken word, man is continually making laws for himself. I'm going to make a little side note here, and that is, most masters say this, most teachers that are right on anyway, in my opinion, don't take anything that we're saying like take it for checking don't just accept it as truth without actually experimenting with your own life so go ahead and you can watch the reaction of your words and see how you create with the words that you speak I knew a man who said I always miss a car it invariably pulls out just as I arrive his daughter said I always catch a car It's sure to come just as I get here. This occurred for years. Each had made a separate law for himself and herself. One of failure, one of success. This is the psychology of superstitions. The horseshoe, or rabbit's foot, contains no power, but man's spoken word, or woman's spoken word, and belief it will bring him or her good luck, creates expectancy in the subconscious mind and attracts a lucky situation. I find, however, this will not work when man or woman has advanced spiritually and knows a higher law. One cannot turn back and must put away graven images. For example, two men in my class had had great success in business for several months, when suddenly everything went to smash. We tried to analyze the situation, and I found, instead of making their affirmations and looking to God for success and prosperity, they each bought a lucky monkey. I said, Oh, I see. You have been trusting in the lucky monkeys instead of God. Put away the lucky monkeys and call on the law of forgiveness, for man has power to forgive or neutralize his mistakes. And luckily, so does woman. She also has the power to forgive and neutralize her mistakes. The two men decided to throw the lucky monkeys down a coal hole, and all went well again. 
This does not mean, however, that one should throw every throw away every lucky. They decided to throw the lucky monkeys down a coal hole, and all went well again. This does not mean, however, that one should throw away every lucky ornament or horseshoe about the house, but he must recognize that the power back of it is the one and only power, God, and that the object simply gives him a feeling of expectancy. I was with a friend one day who was in deep despair. In crossing the street, she picked up a horseshoe. Immediately, she was filled with joy and hope. She said God had sent her the horseshoe in order to keep up her courage. It was indeed, at that moment, about the only thing that could have registered in her consciousness. Her hope became faith, and she ultimately made a wonderful demonstration. I wish to make the point clear that the men previously mentioned were depending on the monkeys alone, while this woman recognized the power back of the horseshoe. I know in my own case that it took a while to get out of a belief that a certain thing brought disappointment. If the thing happened, disappointment invariably followed. I found the only way I could make a change in the subconscious was by asserting, there are not two powers, there is only one power, God. Therefore, there are no disappointments, and this thing means a happy surprise. I noticed a change at once, and happy surprises commenced coming my way. I have a friend who said nothing could induce her to walk under a ladder. I said, if you are afraid, you are giving in to a belief in two powers, good and evil, instead of one. As God is absolute, there can be no opposing power, unless man or woman makes the false of evil for himself or herself. To show you believe in only one power, God, and that there is no power or reality in evil, walk under the next ladder you see. Soon after, she went to her bank. She wished to open her box in the safety deposit vault, and there stood a ladder in her pathway. It was impossible to reach the box without passing under the ladder. She quailed with fear and turned back. She could not face the lion on her pathway. However, when she reached the street, my words rang in her ears, and she decided to turn back and walk under it. It was a big moment in her life. Her ladders had held her in bondage for years. She retraced her steps to the vault, and the ladder was no longer there. This so often happens. If one is willing to do a thing he is afraid to do, he does not have to do it. It is the law of non-resistance, which is so little understood. Someone has said that courage contains genius and magic. Face a situation fearlessly, and there is no situation a face. It falls away of its own weight. The explanation is that fear attracted the ladder on the woman's pathway, and fearlessness removed it. Thus, the invisible forces are ever working for a person who is always pulling the strings themselves, though he does not know it, or she does not know it. Owing to the vibratory power of words, whatever a person voices, he or she begins to attract. People who continually speak of disease invariably attract it. Again, take that for checking. After a person knows the truth, he or she cannot be too careful of his or her words. For example, I have a friend who often says on the phone, do come to see me and let's have a fine old-fashioned chat. This old-fashioned chat means an hour of about 500 to 1,000 destructive words, the principal topics being loss, lack, failure, and sickness. I reply, no, I thank you. I've had enough old-fashioned chats in my life and they are too expensive, but I will be glad to have a few a new fashion chat and talk about what we do want not what we don't want there is an old saying that a person only dares use his words for three purposes to heal bless or prosper what a person says of others is going to be said of him or her and what he or she wishes for another he or she is wishing for himself or herself and i like this quote it says curses like chickens come home to roost if a woman wishes someone bad luck, she is sure to attract bad luck herself. If she wishes to aid someone to success, she is wishing and aiding herself to success. 
The body may be renewed and transformed through the spoken word and clear vision, and disease be completely wiped out of the consciousness. The metaphysician knows that all disease has a mental correspondence, and in order to heal the body, one must first heal the soul. We've heard this also in Chinese medicine, and science is starting to catch up. The soul is the subconscious mind, and it must be saved from wrong thinking. In the 23rd Psalm, yes, in the Bible, we read, He restoreth my soul, and of course, with a capital S, she restoreth my soul. This means that the subconscious mind or soul must be restored with the right ideas, and the mystical marriage is the marriage of the soul and the spirit, or the subconscious and the superconscious mind. They must be one. When the subconscious is flooded with the perfect ideas of the superconscious, God and man and woman are one. I and the Father, Mother, God are one. That is, he or she is one with the realm of perfect ideas. He or she is the man or woman made in God's likeness and image, imagination, and is given power and dominion over all created things in his mind, body, and affairs. It is safe to say all sickness and unhappiness come from the violation of the law of love. A new commandment I give unto you, love one another. And in the game of life, love or goodwill takes every trick. For example, a woman I know had for years an appearance of a terrible skin disease. The doctors told her it was incurable, and she was in despair. She was on the stage, and she feared she would soon have to give up her profession, and she had no other means of support. She, however, procured a good engagement, and on the opening night made a great hit. She received flattering notices from the critics, and joyfully... She received flattering notices from the critics and was joyfully elated. The next day she received a notice of dismissal. A man in the cast had been jealous of her success and had caused her to be sent away. She felt hatred and resentment taking complete possession of her, and she cried out, Oh God, please don't make me hate that man. Don't let me hate that man. She felt hatred and resentment taking complete possession of her, and she cried out, Oh God, don't let me hate that man. That night she worked for hours in this silence. She said, I soon came into a very deep silence. I seemed to be at peace with myself, with the man, and with the whole world. I continued this for two, the two following nights, and on the third day I found I was healed completely of the skin disease. In asking for love or goodwill, she had fulfilled the law, for love is the fulfilling of the law and the disease, which came from subconscious resentment, was wiped out. Continual criticism produces rheumatism, as critical and harmonious thoughts cause unnatural deposits in the blood, which settle in the joints. False growths are caused by jealousy, hatred, unforgiveness, fear, etc. Every disease is caused by a mind not at ease. I once said in my class, there is no use in asking anyone, what's the matter with you? We might as just as well say, who's the matter with you? Unforgiveness is the most prolific cause of disease. It will harden arteries or liver and affect the eyesight. In its train are endless ills. I called on a woman one day who said she was ill from having eaten a poisoned oyster. I replied, oh no, the oyster was harmless. You poisoned the oyster. Who's the matter with you? She answered, oh, about 19 people. She had quarreled with 19 people and had become so inharmonious that she attracted the wrong oyster. Any inharmony on the external indicates there is mental inharmony. As the within, so the without. A person's only enemies are within themselves. Man's only enemies are within himself, just as woman's only enemies are within herself. And a man or woman's foes shall be they of his own household. She doesn't 
give the reference, but that's from the Bible. Basically meaning, you know, any issues or problems that you have, any enemies that you have, it's it starts within. Again, people are a mirror or a reflection of what we have going on inside of ourselves. It's an opportunity to see it in the outside world so we can heal it. Personality is one of the last enemies to be overcome as this planet is taking its initiation in love. It was Christ's message, peace on earth, goodwill towards all people and oneself. The enlightened person, therefore, endeavors to perfect themselves upon their neighbor. This person's work is with himself to send out goodwill and blessings to every person. And the marvelous thing is that if one blesses a man or woman, he or she has no power to harm him. For example, a man came to me asking to treat for success in business. He was selling machinery, and a rival appeared on the scene with which he proclaimed was a better machine, and my friend feared defeat. I said, first of all, we must wipe out all fear, and know that God protects your interests, and that the divine idea must come out of the situation. That is, the right machine will be sold by the right man to the right man. And I added, don't hold one critical thought towards that man. Bless him all day, and be willing not to sell your machine if it isn't the divine idea. So he went to the meeting, fearless and non-resistant, and blessing the other man. He said the outcome was very remarkable. The other man's machine refused to work, and he sold his without the slightest difficulty. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which spitefully use you and persecute you. Goodwill produces a great aura of protection about the one who sends it, and no weapon that is formed against him shall prosper. In other words, love and goodwill will destroy the enemies within oneself. Therefore, one has no enemies on the external. There is peace on earth for him or her who sends goodwill to all people. And that is the end of the chapter, The Power of the Word, chapter 3 of The Game of of life and how to play it and I, Lemurian Girl, have been your host and reader. I hope you enjoyed this chapter and if you have any experience or comments I would love to hear them on the blog post. And with that I will say I am complete and aho. Until next time, aloha. Oh, Lord, I'm on a permanent holiday. I'm going outside.